right, guys, welcome to the Daily Brew Podcast. We got two DST athletes here, Javi Torres and Zane Morehouse, uh, pitchers for the Guardians. Javi Torres, four-time letterman, three-time all-district, uh, ended up signing a free agent contract out of high school, pre-G All-American, pre-season All-American, right? Pre-season All-American. Uh, Zane, fellow Juco bandit, ended up going to UT, got to play in the World Series, several other things that we'll end up hitting. How are y'all doing so far today? Doing great, doing great. Doing pretty good. How would you say uh, y'all's, y'all's first DST, or your first DST offseason, right, Zane? Yeah. Does it, and then your first as a pro. First as a pro, yeah. Yeah. So how did how Zane? How was your first pro off season here? Um, you know, I've actually really loved it here. Um, vibes are great. Dudes are awesome. Uh, you know, everybody's got the same goal of coming in and getting better every day, and I've I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, what about you, Javi? What's what's then like? What's the transition been like? Because I know that you've worked out here for a couple of years now in the past, mm-hmm. going from San Antonio local Judson High School. You knew about the facility for a long time uh what's what's the transition from high school to to a pro workout what's what's the transition like yeah man i mean I, since since it's opened i've been working out here i mean me and mo used to come here and play ping pong and all this wasn't even built yet yeah so uh i mean earlier it's been great and we would strength the line of strength coaches we've had have all been great high energy uh obviously know what they're doing uh so the dst program is great that really got me to even be able to get to this position and then obviously this weekend, I mean, this year with the pro workout, I followed Cleveland stuff. And, you know, it's just a great place, very versatile. That lets you kind of handle your own career. Yeah, awesome. So I want to, Javi, I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about, like, your your process of getting to where you are today from high school to pro ball. We can kind of keep it brief. But basically, like, I know I see here that you were committed to uh, Texas State as a sophomore. What was, like, your thought process? What was your you know, family discussions like what was, I know you played uh, with the San Antonio Angels and Summer Ball. What was everything like to make you end up coming up with the decision that you wanted to sign a free agent contract rather than go to Texas State? Man, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy, you know. I mean, even getting committed to Texas State, uh, it all started, I was in, I was in seventh grade and I went to a college workout with the older group for the Angels at Texas State. I mean, you know, I had a really good day. And from there, we kind of held communication. And then, obviously, as I matured and stuff got better, they extended an offer. Had a couple. Uh, Texas State just felt right. I mean, it felt like home. Went too far from home. Yeah, right down the street. Yeah, right down the street, San Marcos. I think you're from there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I just really love the coaches and, you know, the guys. So, I ended up committing there to two-way. Uh, you were committed as a two-way? I was committed as a two-way. Oh, I had no idea. What, what position did you play? I played short. Oh, dang. Nice. I, I had short. no idea. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. I played short. I used to be able to swing it a little bit. There you go. A little bit. You're going to have to show me some clips later. <laughs> Maybe we'll throw one in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so then as the years went on, I mean, my pitching ended up kind of overshadowing the, the hitting. And, I mean, I have no problem with that. I never wanted to be a PO. Yeah. I always say you'd have to pay me to PO. And, I mean, when that happened, uh, thank God I got the opportunity. But, you know, it was really – I kind of – I wasn't going to go. I was going to go to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, drafting worked out the way I wanted. And so I was going to go to school, play there, get drafted again. Yeah. Um, but the final straw was I, I, t- I told my mom, Cleveland called this and that with, with a deal. And she told me to take it. I mean, you know, from talking to all the guys here, I had great resources, a lot of, a lot of pros in here. So 
I kind of knew what it would be like, what I was walking into previously. Yeah. So, I mean, I decided did to you, take it. Did you have, did you have a, like an agent helping you out with anything in high school or was it all you? So, yeah, I had a couple of agents start reaching out to me junior year. Yeah. Junior year, probably had agents reaching out to me, nothing serious. Uh, senior year is when I picked an advisor. Um, picked an advisor, he's helping me out. Kind of the middle man for all that stuff. And, um, I mean, he's been great. Uh, really helped me out, too. And, yeah, so yeah. was the, was whenever he is involved in this process, and what year did you graduate high school? 23. 23. So... Whenever you graduated and the draft was coming up, was he kind of talking to you? Were you already filling out like questionnaires and stuff like that for uh, different pro orgs? And so what was during, that like? During my senior year, it was fall going into my senior year. I got the opportunity to play with the Future Star Series. Yeah. Um, on their highest level, we played a we played at Fenway and at the the Yard Goats place. Yeah. I pitched there. I pitched really well. Um, flash some velo, flash some strikeout stuff. After that, my phone kind of blew up, which is when the pros really started to kind of pick up. Mm -hmm. um, I went to three pro workouts here. Uh, Trey, me and Trey would drive out there, pitch and drive back. So I've been filling questionnaires out for a while. Yeah. So that's I knew the draft was an option. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how how likely it would be. Yeah. Yeah, and then basically that the draft you're saying didn't go quite as well as you wanted it to, but you still ended up by discussing with your agent, discussing with your mom and stuff like that, your family, you you felt that that was the best fit for you. Yeah, I mean, uh didn't go as as I wanted. I mean, we had a couple calls saying things were going to go differently. Obviously, it didn't. Yeah. But, I mean, everything happens for a reason. I ended up with Cleveland, which is a, a great pitching org, mm -hmm. um, known for developing pitchers. And I mean, yeah. My mom told me to pull the trigger, and I, I decided it, and I, I don't regret it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, Zane, what what was your process like? Where First of all, where are you from? Uh, I'm from outside of Waco, a small town, uh, Dawson, Texas. Dawson, Texas. Yeah. So, yeah, close to Corsicana? Yeah, it's like nice. right in between Corsicana. <clears throat> yeah, I got you. So, what was your, what was like your high school experience like, and then you ended up going to uh, Bossier Parish first and then to Dyers Dyersburg State. So what was like your transition from high school to JUCO? Were you a PO? Were you a position player no, too I, or what? I was a shortstop. Oh, okay. Signed as a shortstop. Two athletes. Who says POs aren't athletes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, nah, my high school was a real small, real small school in the middle of nowhere. It's yeah. a real country town. Uh, graduated with 27 kids in my class. So that kind of gives you a little idea of how small it was. Um, yeah. I didn't get my first like official offer until roughly halfway through my uh, spring season in mm -hmm. my uh, senior year. So, you know, college baseball was kind of, it was a far stretch yeah. there for a little bit. Um, I'd already started talking to like army recruiters and stuff like that. I was, I was going that route, but uh, Bozier Parish gave me a call and they, they offered me Ended up going there. I, was, I signed as a shortstop, um, switched it in shortstop, and then they found out I could pitch a little bit. Yeah. I got there, my first bullpen. You know, I topped out at like 93, 94, one of the hardest throwers there. Really? Like, yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you're a PO now. So, did you know that you had that in the tank? Like, have you yeah. popped those numbers before? Yeah. Um, all summer long, you know, like growing up, I've always, you know, kind of thrown off the mound. But, like, yeah. it was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to go up there and try to throw it as hard as I can and have some fun. But it was never really my true passion at yeah. first. And then, you know, when I got to my freshman year of college, it was it was like, wow, this is different. 
um, everything about it was different. I was right outside of Shreveport, which is a bigger town. Yeah. So that was way different from when I was back at home. And then I was a PO now. So it was weird making that transition. Um, kind of far from home too, right? Yeah, it was I mean, like, Shreveport, I mean, probably like six hours. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, the, the transition wasn't too bad. I felt very lazy because it was like, you don't do as much stuff. You know, you can't take five hours in the cages and like do ground balls and all sorts of stuff like that. So it was, it was a little tough yeah. uh, transition. Um, you know, things didn't shake out the way we, we kind of planned and hoped for at the first JUCO. And then mm. I transferred to uh, Dyersburg State the next year. Where and is then, that? That's in Tennessee. Tennessee. It's like a little over an hour north of Memphis. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. nice. Got up there, um, talked to the coach. He was like, yeah, you're going to two-way for me. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, yeah, like, had get the, to get back to it. Yeah, I had the dream <laughs> alive still. Yeah. But uh, I was up to 98 um, in the spring at Bozier. And then I got there and I threw my first couple of bullpens. And he was like, yeah, you're not touching a bat for me again. So. It was it was tough again. It was it was hard news, but uh, yeah. Then I like fully just like kind of leaned into being a PO, and I was yeah. like, all right, like you know, decision was made for me, so it's time to just like lean into it and fully embrace it. Mm-hmm. And first year at uh, Dyersburg, that was a uh, COVID year, so it yeah. got shut short. Uh, season got cut short, and you know, kind of sucked. Um, I took. Were you talking to anybody at that time? Because I went through I went through the same thing. I know me and you've had this conversation yeah. a little bit beforehand, but. Like I was a three-year JUCO player. That mm-hmm. my second year, I was like, I was killing it, and yeah. I was having like the best year of my life. And I was talking to all these schools, and literally, you know, uh, June comes around, then July mm-hmm. comes around, and everybody's talking to me, and they're like, just wait for the draft, just wait mm-hmm. for the draft, just wait for the draft. Draft gets puts back, like gets cut down to five rounds, mm-hmm. and then everybody's like, well, see ya, yeah. and didn't talk to anybody anymore again. So like, did something similar kind of happen to you? Yeah, so uh, I actually talked to Vandy a little bit because they were just right up the road. They watched me throw a couple of times because we played there in Memphis. And then yeah. I talked to A&M a little bit and a couple other schools. But as soon as the COVID thing kind of happened, it was like they were supposed to come watch me pitch. Like my next outing was at midweek, and then um, COVID happened, got shut down, and yeah. I didn't hear back from any of those guys. Dang. But uh, I'm not the only person then. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. But uh, next year I came back. Um, I was a starter. I, I was. Uh, oof. I started pretty much the entire year. There was a couple of bullpen appearances, but yeah. uh, ended up doing really well. Um, I was top five in four or five different pitching categories in JUCO. Yeah. Ended up getting second team All American, and then that's when I started getting a lot of like a lot of D one offers. Yeah, bigger um, looks. Yeah, like I talked to Tennessee there for a little bit. Um, talked to Oklahoma, TCU. Talked to A and M again, and then um, Texas came in and they offered me. And yeah. you know, growing up, I was always a real big Texas fan. It was right up the road. It was like my dream school. And then when they when they decided to come in and offer me, like I, I had to take it. Like, yeah, you know, I had a little bit of draft interest, but I was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to Texas. You know, that's it's been my dream school since I was a kid. You know, so I went went and decided talked it over a lot with my dad and my mom, and they're like, I mean. It's the opportunity of a lifetime that you've always wanted since you were a little kid, so yeah. might as well. So that's what we ended up doing. Mm-hmm. And so you were you're kind of talking about earlier, like you were almost like on the army recruiting route, mm-hmm. like in high school. So was like playing pro ball was that always like a dream for you? And you were just kind of thinking like, oh, never mind, like let's get back to reality 
army might be better suited or what what was the thought process there yeah no um i mean it's every kid's dream especially ones that play baseball you know i've always wanted to be yeah. a big leaguer like ever since i was in who what was it i'd say kindergarten i had a i had a set plan of what i was going to do i was going to go play for the university of texas i was going to play there and then get drafted by the yankees that, yeah. that was my that was my team growing up so uh i had that that dream the entire time and then it was like towards the end of high school it was like you know opportunities are running real thin like yeah not getting a lot of interest so that's when i wanted to go the other way because my grandpa was in the navy uh-huh and so he was he was like i wouldn't trade it for the world so that's when i started looking into all that wow awesome well, i'm glad that everything ended up going to yeah. the, the other route i oh, mean yeah. and uh you're getting the opportunity to live out your dream and every single day and i think that that's really cool um i want to ask both of you guys this question and then you know, I'll give you time each to answer, but what do you think, like, it might be a little bit different for you than it is for him, but what do you think the, like, strength and conditioning, what do you think the weight room, or what do you even think the work ethic is like differently that you can, like, what's what's some advice that you could give a little kid, that a high school kid even, that's saying, hey, man, I want to play pro ball. What is the work ethic like? What is the determination like? How do you gain success? you know, like, how do you achieve this dream? What would be like something like simple that you would kind of use to encourage somebody like that? What do you think, Avi? Yeah, I mean, when I was little, obviously, it's always a dream. Um, but w- when it really became a reality, I kind of switched gears once I got in here. Yeah, my freshman year, I walked in here at a buck 35, mm-hmm. a little bit of natural talent, but I had to work for most of my most of my skill. So once I got in the weight room, uh, at the time, we had DK. Mm-hmm. He helped me out with uh, what to eat, what not to eat. Um, and obviously, I was hitting the weights hard for the first time in my life. Yeah. So I went from 135 my freshman year to going into sophomore year at 185. Wow. Of just, I was eating grinding 5,000 calories a day. Yeah. Lifting six days a week. So I was, I mean, I was work. You have to work your butt off. I mean, everybody tells you like, you have to work hard, but you don't really realize it until you're doing it every day. Yeah. And then you have to fall in love with the grind. Mm-hmm. If you look at it every day as, damn, I have to go lift or yeah. now I have to go take grounders, you're, you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. The moment you stop loving the grind and loving the game, you have no shot. Yeah, that's awesome. What do you, what do you think, Zane? Um, the, the way I did it growing up was uh, I always compared myself to the best in the world. Yeah. The best in the world is, you know, the major leaguers that are there right there. So. Yeah. The best way to go about it, in my opinion, and like what's worked out a lot with me is compare myself to the guys that are very successful doing it right now. When For you sure. do that, then it's like you're working harder, you're pushing yourself to the to the brink, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, kind of like he said, you know, you got to fall in love with the grind. Like it's a grind. Yeah. Um, one thing that my dad taught me at a really young age that really helped out a lot was uh, think of the absolute worst thing you hate about baseball. If you can learn to love that and be okay with doing that every day, everything else just comes so much easier. And then, you know, you turn what what would be like a job or something yeah. like that into, I mean, it's your passion. passion. It's yeah. your love. And it's not, oh, I have to go do this. It's I get to go do this. Yeah. And, you know, it's constantly working harder because there's somebody out there that's going to be working just as hard, if not a little bit harder. So trying to push yourself and, like, always have that mindset yeah. really helps out a lot. My, uh, my dad, I think, instilled – like the hard work, uh, the loyalty to whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. whether that's loyalty to your family, whether that's loyalty to uh, your faith or, or 
your job or whatever. Like, I think that that was like one of the values that was instilled in me in a young age that if you're not loyal to something, it's not going to pay you back. And, you know, to your topic of saying like, there's always somebody else that's working harder. My dad would always say like, uh, there's, there's a, you know, uh, if you think that you're good, there's probably a 15 year old kid in the Dominican mm -hmm. or Puerto Rico that's doing better than you. So oh, yeah. that wants it more, yep. you know, and I always kind of took that to heart because I was like, dang, you're right. Like there's people, baseball is all over the world, Oh yeah, all over the world. And there's, we, we take for granted, like that we have this facility, that we have these resources that you were even able to have a, a, a meal plan. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. and there are kids around the world that are just like literally like taking grinding to another, you know, a whole nother level oh, and yeah. they're, they want it bad. And so, you know, that's not to, that's not to say that to discourage anybody that's like, oh, there's going to be somebody that's always better than me. That should be used as fuel. Exactly. In my opinion, it's like, you know what, like we get these resources, we get this meal plan, we mm -hmm. get this weight room and that could just encourage the grind even more. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that that's really cool. And, uh, I, you know, I think that another thing that's kind of interesting to me, which you might be able to attest to this and. Javi, I, I think that you might have a little different perspective on it, but I was actually like, I was actually talking to my dad and I've had the same conversation with my brother before, but I always kind of like tell kids whenever it comes to the recruiting process, hard work is like, is everything, right? You, you got to work your butt off. You got to do this. You got to do that. But it's like, if you're not going somewhere where you're wanted, that hard work is almost nothing because i i've had that experience throughout my college mm -hmm. career it was like i don't think that i could have ever worked hard enough to earn a spot and this the place where i was at yeah. but i was also fortunate enough to play at other places mm -hmm. where i did work my butt off i did work so hard and the coaches did believe in me and it paid off more than i could ever ask for you know what i mean so like how do you feel your different college experiences were like and how do you think that the coach kind of like respected you and like wanted you and wanted your work ethic? And then do you think that like, I don't know what happened at, at Bozier and you know, like we don't need to talk bad about any colleges or anything mm -hmm. like that, but do you think that like you felt, you know, more wanted at Dyersburg or like, do you feel like that whenever you're getting that recruiting from UT, do you feel like that you were wanted there? And, and obviously like, Obviously, you're wanted enough because you got, you know, you got a scholarship to play there. But yeah. I just feel like the, the for me personally, I'm not discrediting hard work or grind or anything like whatsoever. You got to have those qualities oh, yeah. to be successful. But it's also you got to be wanted. You got to yeah. be you got to be wanted by the coach. You got to be wanted by your teammates. You got to you got to have these qualities to continue to play this game for a long time. And that's just my personal opinion. But what do you what do you think? Um, I, I'd agree a lot. Um, obviously, you know, you got to work hard. You don't work hard somebody else is doing it yeah there you so, don't get an opportunity if yeah. you don't work hard you'll never get the opportunity once you get the opportunity though um one of the biggest things that i learned through the recruiting process and going to a couple of different schools is you have to be wanted like yeah. you said um you know if you're, you're working hard and like coaches just don't like you for whatever reason or your teammates don't like you and it builds like bad team chemistry like you're not going to get the opportunity to play yeah so definitely having going to a place that the coaches really want you, they, they recognize you work hard and they accept that and they really want that, that it's, it's huge. Yeah, I would, I, I mean, I would agree. I would, 
I would say that, you know, like my, my brother went to the same at to Hill junior college. I went to Hill junior college. I had already had a previous relationship with the coach. And I felt like that there was times where my third year and I was like, so jacked up in my own head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so in my own space, cause I had all these, I had like UNC Charlotte talking to me. I had FAU talking to me. I had all these schools talking to me the previous year, COVID happens. Boom. Mm-hmm. I go my third year and I'm like crap in the bed pretty much. And I'm batting a hundred and my coach is still encouraging me and still giving me opportunities. Yeah. And I dug myself out of that and I ended up doing good, but mm-hmm. you know, like, would I have got those opportunities if I didn't have a relationship with the coach or if yeah. I, if I wasn't on a scholarship or something, in my opinion, probably not, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was because I went to a school and it was because they had faith in me and it was, you know, because I had this relationship and because I chose to go somewhere I wanted to go, mm-hmm. that coach was invested in me just as much as I was invested in him. And I think that, that was like, you know, what, I think that's quality. It, people, people look at the name, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't look at the desire. How much do they desire you? Yeah. It's yeah. like if you get desired, you're gonna you could go over thirty and they're still gonna give you a shot. But if you're not, you can go over thirty and never play again. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a that goes back to, you know, it just reminds me that uh when you when you're at a place and you know the coaches really want you and they, they enjoy you there and the, the team the team loves you there. The the extra thing that just like kind of sets you apart a little bit is the hard work. Yeah. The coaches constantly 100%. see you working hard and hustling everywhere, putting in all that effort, yeah. spending extra time at the field. And then you add that they yeah. invested in you on top of that. Yeah. It just gives you yeah. that much more of a leg up. For sure. For sure. What do you think, Javi? I mean, I know that, I know that you, it, I mean, obviously, obviously the grind that you went through, the hard work that you went through to get to the position you are today is a testament in itself. And I mean, you've already explained that. I've, I've heard that from other people. I've heard that same story that you were, you know, a buck 30 when you walked in here. Yeah. And that's hard to believe looking at you now. Cause I mean, I know that you're, I know that you're, you know, you're an athlete, you're a professional baseball player, you're a professional athlete, but you know, like, what do you, what do you think? I know that you obviously had to be desired by Texas state. You obviously had to be desired by the guardians. You obviously are desired now and you're, and you're continuously getting to prove yourself. What do you think about all that? I mean, I've, I've been blessed to be wanted. Yeah. And, certain areas of my life but I, the way I always thought about it was work so hard that nobody had a reason not to want you 100% man so That's everything I did I tried to be the best at everything I do yeah whether it was pitching whether it was hitting or fielding mm-hmm. I took pride in all of it yeah because it's like you said there's always somebody better but I, I want to show them that there's going to be nobody better than me yeah to go to your program and help you out yeah that's, so awesome. that's the way I thought about it and also I mean you have a great support system I mean everybody in here believed in me yeah. My parents back home gave me a leash and believed in me. And I mean, it's it's your career. So the way you think about it and go about your work is kind of the result you're going to get. And obviously, there's circumstances that you can't control. like Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff just happens. But, I mean, I was, I've been fortunate enough to be to be wanted everywhere that I, I have a chance to play at. Even with yeah. Cleveland, I mean, signing a free agent deal is not very heard of out of high school. Mm-hmm. But I bet on myself, and I'm going to go show them why they, why they want me. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And I think that that's like a, a great way to put it. It's, you know, you're getting to work. You First of all, you're getting, and then you're mm-hmm. getting to work so hard that you earn that desire. You yeah. earn that want, which is huge. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And I, I think for me, I got, I got caught up in the name. I got caught up in, in other stuff. And, and I think that that's, 
the same I I can attest to so many players that I've played with where it's like I wish that I would have uh chose somewhere that it was you know more opportunity for me more opportunity where the coach was invested in me and I think that that's just I, that's something I wanted to talk about just because I feel like it's valuable for young players to hear because you know it doesn't it, it in my opinion if you love the game it it really doesn't matter what level you play at if you love the game you go somewhere where you're wanted you go somewhere where you're desired you go somewhere and work your tail off good things are going to happen no matter what yeah. 100% um Javi, I just I just because I'm not like familiar with this process but um whenever you whenever you signed what was the immediate next step is, didn't did you have like a little uh, short season, short camp, anything like that? What happened whenever you reported? Because I remember okay. you being up here this summer uh, for a brief time. I literally met you like three times, yeah. I would say, and then you were gone, and then you came back, and so I was like, oh, what happened there? So <laughs> I just don't know what what's, yeah, what happened. Yeah, no, so basically, I got a call five minutes after the draft, letting me know what what the offer was going to be. Yeah. Um, talked it over, agent, family, decided to go do it. Flew me out there. They gave me three days, three or four days. Packed your stuff. Flew out there to AZ. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through about a week of just physicals and tests. And I mean, that's with every work. You got to do that, make sure you're healthy and stuff. When was this? Was this June, July? July. We, July. July. About middle of July. Yeah. And then... So once you get cleared from that, you get to start. Uh, and since I took a deload week mm-hmm. uh, to kind of give myself a break off of high school season, workouts, bullpens for teams and this and that, uh, they have to build you back up. So yeah. I, they took about two two to three weeks mm-hmm. on a build-up phase. So that's why instead of going and playing ACL, I ended up sitting out of ACL, ramping up, throwing pens live until I was ready to throw in-game, which was in instructs. Nice. I had four outings and instructs. Yeah. And then, like, how, how would you say that went for you? That went really good for me. Um, first outing, uh, first pro outing ever, obviously, amped up, you're nervous. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I was on caffeine, too. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm jumping around the pen. <laughs> and I go out, and one of my first, uh, one of my first hitters is uh, G-Man Choi. Yeah. I mean, I just watched this guy on TV in the yeah. World Series. <laughs> so, uh I was, I'm a little bit amped, and I try to pitch before my defense is ready, and I see him standing in the box like this. I'm like, what the, what is yeah. going on? I turn around. <laughs> my defense is not ready. I was like, oh, man. So I get off, wait for them. On 200 milligrams, caffeine, <laughs> you're like, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> but no, the outing went really good for me. I was sitting 94, 95. Yeah. Um, I ended up going like two innings, allowing one hit. And, I mean, that's kind of, that was kind of the same thing for me, all of instructs. So I thought I showed I showed Cleveland the org, you know, they made the right choice signing me, and now that hopefully we get up there spring training and I continue to continue to pitch well. Heck yeah, man! And I want to I want to talk to you, Zane, a little bit about obviously I would I would feel dumb if we didn't talk about the World Series. So walk yeah. me walk me through that season. I mean, it can be brief on that season. I really want to spend time on on you know regional, super regional World Series, but. Walk me through that team chemistry, through that team atmosphere, um, the whole process. And then, like, what what was your, you know, mentality? What, what did you take with you to be successful in those environments? Yeah, so uh, beginning of the year, we started out, like, it was, like, 12-0 or something like that. 
finally lost our first game. We were ranked number one. Uh, team kind of, we, we didn't do so hot. Had some injuries, had some other stuff going on. Mm. And Texas State beat us. Yeah. <laughs> we, we lost one one of the midweeks at Texas State. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was a tough one. But, uh, you know, kind of just the team really kind of came together and yeah. gelled. And like team chemistry kind of took over. And then everybody was playing for each other. It was for the next guy. It wasn't selfish baseball. And yeah, that's awesome. It allowed us to get back on the right track. We ended up going to the Big 12 tournament, um, lost to Oklahoma in the, the championship game. And then after that, we, uh, we were fortunate enough to host a, a regional. And it was, it was really cool. You know, the dish was packed, it was super loud, had all the extra stands brought in. It was, yeah, that's it was awesome. an amazing atmosphere. And then um, we ended up sweeping, I believe we swept that. And then we went to ECU for the super regional. Yeah, Man. I was watching those games. That was that was crazy. It was a definitely a roller coaster for emotional emotionally speaking. Yeah, ECU was like the craziest environment I've ever been in. Oh yeah, at a baseball field. Oh yeah, no, it, it was, was insane. It was crazy. You know, got yeah. guys hanging over the fence in the outfield. Yeah, and just the chirping them the whole oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> just letting you have it. Yeah, um, the, they're awesome though. Their fans oh, are yeah. awesome. It was it was a great time. Um, it was a, it was a rough series. A lot of ups and downs. Uh. Went all the way to game three, a lot of rainouts, a lot yeah. of delays, stuff yeah. like that. So uh, the the last game when we finally won, it was super late. Like everybody already had left. And I don't think we got to the hotel until like 1 o'clock in the morning. Just Thanks. long day. And yeah. then, um, you know, we had that next week to kind of prepare, get ready for the World Series. And that was that was something else, man. Like, yeah. Just the environment, just the just everything. Like we had a little parade. We got to do some stuff with kids. Uh Hotels, the food, everything was just crazy. Yeah. Never experienced it before. Um, the the little run we had at the World Series was rough. We went two and out. Mm -hmm. Lost first one we lost to uh, Notre Dame, game one. That was that was a tough blow. Um, after that, we played A and M. Ended up losing to them too. Yeah, that one was really tough. But uh, getting to pitch in that environment was was something crazy. Like the entire stadium was packed. You know, Texas A&M in the World Series. Like, yeah, did you get everybody. to pitch that game? I did. I ended up throwing in the eighth inning. Yeah. I did all right. Um, I was up to 98. I was like 95, 98. Um, ended up giving up like two hits, I believe. Gave up one run. So, you know, depends on how you decide to what's a good outing or not. But yeah. Just getting a throw in front of that many fans, and it was it was crazy. It was yeah. special. Well, I mean – just just getting to be there in that environment that's something that you can carry for the rest of your life I mean, oh, yeah obviously two and outs not the, what you what you want to happen but yeah. getting to actually say that you played in the college world series mm -hmm. getting to say that you pitched especially against a&m which is yep. the longest rivalry in history probably <laughs> yeah. in texas schools yep. right and you never get to play them and so then you play in them and that's that that had to be pretty cool man and what do you what do you think that like did you get to pitch in uh, the Super at all? I threw one or two innings in the Supers. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think that, like, what would be some advice that you have of, like, what's the mentality, what's the what's the gear shift that happens in your mind to be able to prepare you for such a big spot? Uh, so I go about it a couple of different ways. You know, when I'm first getting there, you know, just mentally preparing myself, like, okay, like, it's me versus the hitter. Like, I got to, like – what I usually do is I do it not just for myself, but the other eight guys on the field and then yeah. everybody in the dugout. And then for the guys that didn't get to travel, that's at home watching it on TV, you know, doing it, 
trying to really do it for all those guys instead of making it for myself. It kinda, yeah, you're doing it for for somebody else rather than just for you. Yeah, yeah you're kinda, doing it for the team. It kind of helps take a little bit of the pressure off, and you know, you got you got seven guys standing behind you that's going to help make plays. And, yeah, for sure, know, help you out. So that definitely having that mentality definitely helps out a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of it, you know, I mean, it's a game. Yeah, it's a child's game that you're getting to play at the highest level for college for sure, but it's not making it bigger than it is. You know, like yeah, yeah it's a big spot. Could be a lot of pressure. You know, a lot of fans. Like it's an important game, but like game yeah you gotta have fun with it if you're not having fun with it what's the point you know yeah i was uh i was actually talking to my brother about this the other day it was like i i listened to uh one of my buddies on uh the blueprint podcast shout out them and jim in houston and then uh my one of my best friends at u of h alex lopez he was talking about getting in that flow state of mind mm -hmm. and he was like he was talking about this these five pillars of hitting from some famous hitting coach or whatever but bottom line of the story is like you know, if he if he's hitting those five pillars, all of a sudden he gets in that flow state, and mm -hmm. you can't really explain a flow state to a non athlete or somebody else. But like, we all know what it feels like. Mm -hmm. You know, the three of us right here knows what it feels like to just be able to like it's just easy. Yeah. You you throw, you catch, you hit. Yep. You know what I mean? And whenever he was talking about, it, he gets in that flow state. Like, you know, he he feels like he can make adjustments faster. He feels mm -hmm. like that he can uh you know he can hit he can throw he can catch it's all easy he's not having to think about anything he's just going 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 and i think the biggest thing to obviously you guys are pros which y'all are can do because y'all are obviously in this organization is you have to be able to minimize how high the high is and how low the low is right oh yeah and if you're if you're buying into that low or you're buying into that high you're toast oh yeah that's yeah. that's what i think i mean it's it's being able to stay as even keel as possible throughout this process and the guys that are staying even you know are the guys that probably play the longest mm -hmm. you know and so i think that that's that's pretty cool that's a good adjustment to make on your part for you know that's your adjustment is playing for your team to be yeah. able to stay level-headed and i think that that's like a, a pretty good piece of advice for for young kids to take with them it's like you know the game is a game mm -hmm. and the game is not just for you. It's for yeah. everybody. You know, that's pretty cool. How did how did you get this nickname, man? How did you get the nightmare at Texas? Uh, so tell me about it. <laughs> it was uh, my first year there. It was in the spring. We were playing yeah. some inter squads right before the season kicked off. And, yeah. Uh, I was throwing. I threw. I did pretty solid. Um, came in. I went in and talked to Troy Tulowitzki. He was uh, one of our coaches there yeah. at the time. And you know, I was going in there. You know, went in there got advice, what he saw, stuff like that all the time, just bullshitting with him. And I was talking to him, and he looked at me, and he was like, you know, you're an absolute nightmare to hit off of sometimes. And he was like, you know what, that's your nickname from now on. And it just kind of stuck, stuck and grew. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. He actually, uh, another thing he did was uh, he, he picked my walkout song yeah. from the bullpen. Yeah. What did uh, you get? Nightmare by Avenged Seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. Javi, what do you what do you think your piece of advice would be for like being able to stay in that that flow state, being able to stay even? Because I mean, you're just saying face a guy who's just been in the World Series first AB. Like, what was obviously you were amped up, oh, yeah. but you can be amped up and you can still have control. Yeah. So and obviously you did. How how do you think that that happened? How do you think that you're able to maintain control? I mean, for me, I try not to make any moment 
bigger than it is. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm throwing to him. Hitting's hard. Yeah. Hitting is real hard. I know from doing it. It sucks. So <laughs> that's why we don't do it anymore. Yeah. yeah. But so I mean, you just don't make it easier for them. I mean, you just do what you trust your work. Mm. If you work on stuff here all off season, all every practice, you work on what you're about to go do in the game. Yeah. In the game, it should become second nature. So you just you throw a ball at a minute. I mean, my my mom used to always say, "Just you and the catcher." Mm-hmm. So I mean, you just focus dialing on the catcher and just do what you can do. Yeah, it's like creating that tunnel vision for yourself. Yeah, where you I just mean, and then that's it. Sounds like that's like the flow state for you. So you're just getting into that state of mind where it's just you and the catcher. It's just you versus the hitter, one of the two. And and I mean, I've I've been in situations where I literally feel like I'm like I'm seeing black on the edges, and it's just mm-hmm. right here in this tunnel. And uh, I mean, whenever I was playing my best, I feel like that's where my head was at most of the time. Yeah, I don't know about him, but when I'm pitching, I can't, I can't hear a thing. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no fans, nothing to chirp in. I mean, it's just you and you on the mound. Yeah. yeah. I agree. It's a, uh, you know, growing up, my dad, my dad loved the the movie for love of the game. Yeah. And in the movie, he's, you know, when he's trying to get into that flow state, he's like, clear the mechanism. Yeah. And it's that tunnel vision. And everything kind of goes black. Everything mm-hmm. kind of outside of just right there it's like everything just kind of fades away and yeah that's that's where i get yeah a lot a lot easier said than done oh yeah, oh, yeah. i mean it takes there a lot is, of practice uh, there there's a reason why y'all are pro athletes and a reason why y'all can do that so quickly and on command so um what would you what would you like obviously both of y'all's routes to pro ball were a lot different what would you recommend like I don't think that there's a single route, but what would you recommend is like the most important piece of advice that you could give for even getting to pro ball? I think you just take it day by day as it comes. Yeah. I mean, that's what I tried to do. I'd come in here, work out. I mean, when you're thinking about the future or you're thinking about the past, you're not living in the moment. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you just take it day by day. Opportunities will present itself. I mean, you respect the game, play the game the right way, the game will reward you. Um, but I think, obviously, it's 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 up to you. I mean, if you feel you need to go to college and you think that's what's best for your career, then you, you go to college. Mm-hmm. Me, talking to the guys, I felt I was ready, and I think pro ball would have been more beneficial to me than going to college. And that's the, that's the route I took, for sure. Um, you know, like you said, everybody's route's different. And like one thing that my dad used to tell me growing up all the time, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah, that's that's number one. Number two is anything worth doing and doing right isn't easy. Yeah. So it's like just constantly staying true to yourself, staying true to working hard and going where you want to go, like going somewhere that you're going to get the opportunity to play. And one of the biggest things that I learned took me a really long time, but uh, everybody gets told that they're done at some point in time. Mm. And the best the best way that I have learned to go about it is what do I do each day to get me one more day at the end of the year? Yeah. So like whatever I do today, it either deducts a year or, or a day yeah. or it adds a day at the end of my career. Yeah. So it's like every day it's like, all right, I need to, I need to you got to earn the day. Yeah. Nice. How would you, how would you say that you deal with like the setbacks? What is, do you have like a, like injury happens, life happens, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you know like you you get a phone call from a manager saying you're gonna get traded you do or you know in college like you get told that you're not getting to start anymore what would you do like because for me i feel like that this was 
you know, one of my downfalls in, in the game is like, I didn't know how to properly manage those setbacks. Cause in my opinion, the setbacks were like life changing. It's like, I'm sick. I'm toast. I'm, I, I have to take a test instead of get to practice. Coach hates me like stuff like that, which there were times in my, in my career where I was like, again, on a high and I was like, Oh, it doesn't matter what I do. I, you know, nobody's going to take this spot. And then there was also times where it was like, I like, I literally have no other option other than to be done playing today because I just lost it. Yeah. And it was, I, for me, I ended up finding, you know, I've always been religious and I've always had a relationship with Christ, but I feel like that, um, for me personally, it took a lot of growth throughout those five years of college baseball, uh, to really realize how to, how to give the game up to God and how to give my identity up to, I'm not just a baseball player. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm me. So it, it took a long time for me to realize that. And I think that like, I, it's us being, you know, you're the youngest guy here, but us being 20 year old kids mm-hmm. and, you know, in life, it's like, it's a constant journey. We're not going to ever find the, the truest answer. And we're not going to have life figured out, but like, what is what has worked for you or you guys uh, dealing with those negatives, dealing with those setbacks? You know, like how how would you say that you've managed that? Um, so one thing that took me a, a really long time to really start to understand and start to be able to use in everyday life is being able to compartmentalize everything. Okay. You know, like what I what I do now, which I didn't do in the beginning, was uh, baseball is at the baseball field. Personal life's over here. I yeah. never let the two intertwine or like affect each other you know if I have a bad outing I'm not going to go home and take it out on my girlfriend and like have yeah. a bad attitude or something like that and you know if anything happens outside of the field as soon as I get to the field or to the facility or whatever like I leave it at the door yeah and then it's you know I just flip a switch in my mind and it's like okay now it's time to train now it's time to get better and you know when it comes to like injuries and stuff like that like I've had a couple um always relying back on your work mm-hmm. always working hard I mean there's there's gratification that you get in putting in the work every day. And yeah. even if you're in a slump or you're not doing good or something like that, knowing that you show up to the field every day and you give it your all and you're constantly working hard, it, it's a big stress reliever. It takes a lot of weight off your shoulders. Yeah, that's awesome. What about you, Holly? Me, as far as injuries, setback-wise, I've never really had any, you know, just some and pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... It, I mean, and I'm still doing it, but it took me a long time to leave my emotions out of out of the game. Yeah, and to not have them transfer over. Baseball has always been meditative to me. So if I was having a bad day, I go to the field, and my mood instantly switches. Yeah, I love being there. I love getting the opportunity to be there. Now, if I sucked at the field, I I I, I used to take it home, mm-hmm. I'd be pissed all that night. I might wake up the next morning still mad. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, obviously, I'm 16, 17 year old kid. I mean that's going to happen. I mean, you're going to let it happen. But I got to a point where um, I give myself an hour. Mm. I do good. I ride the high for an hour. After that, back to work. New day. Yeah. I do bad. I give myself an hour. Kind of feel bad about yourself. Kind of get mad at yourself. And then forget it. Yeah. Baseball's real short term. You can't, uh, you can't think about how good you're doing or how bad you're doing because you're doing good and you're riding it. Baseball humble you real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like 70% failure. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> The thirty yeah. percent feels great. <laughs> and I mean, if you're doing bad and you're feeling sorry for yourself every day, it's just going to continue happening. You're not for doing sure. anything to get out of it. But yeah, I just think it's real important to kind of 
differentiate between the two and kind of, you know, like you said, stay even kill. Yeah. Awesome, man. I got, I got one last question for you guys. Um, what does it mean to you, which obviously I feel like that we've kind of like answered this already, but what does it mean to you to be a pro? I mean, honestly, it means the world to me. I've had a plan since I was eight years old. Yeah. I was playing football all up until then, and my parents made me choose mm -hmm. football or baseball, and I loved football. Yeah. Everything about it, hitting, running, it was, mm -hmm. it was fun. And baseball at that time, you're just, if you don't know the game, you feel like you're just standing there for 90% yeah, sure. of the game. For sure. So I chose baseball just based on statistics and my, my likelihood. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, everybody always told me, uh, I, had a, I had a couple of teachers, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Professional baseball player. Yeah. Well, hey, pick something more realistic. Yeah. To me, that was realistic. Yeah. Uh, i never forget, I was nine years old going to travel baseball. And... First ever tryout for a travel baseball team. Mm. I go, I try out, and then I finish whatever. I think I did great. Yeah. My parents go talk to the coach. They told, told my mom, he will never play competitive baseball. He just doesn't have it in him. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Obviously. Look at him now. <laughs> Obviously, my mom, my mom let me hear it. Yeah. And, um, Your mom's awesome, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. She's I mean, always I got your back. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for... My parents that, you know, they work two jobs each at a time. Yeah. Just to support us and, you know, travel everywhere. Mo honestly changed my life. Yeah. I met him when I was 13. Yeah. Just the knowledge he has and the, I mean, just gave me so many resources to kind of help me fulfill that dream. But, I mean, it, it's never been a dream to me. I always had a plan A. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, what's your plan B? What happens if it doesn't work out? I never had one. Yeah. So, once I got the opportunity, I took it and I love every day of it. For sure, man. Awesome. What about you, Zane? I mean, it's everything, you know? It was a childhood dream turned reality. And I don't know, man, it's just it's so amazing, like, being able to have the opportunity to get to play pro ball and live out, you know, my dream as a kid and getting to do what so many people, other like other people want to do and either don't make it or can't do it. It's crazy. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's just, it's hard to put into words. Yeah, um, you know the, the the road I had was really long, mm. really hard. A lot of lot of ups, a lot of downs. Yeah, I'd probably say more downs than ups. So, just being able to stay stay with it, stay true to myself, and be able to persevere out of everything is an awesome feeling. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I thank you guys for being here. Um, you know, I know that you have you guys already know this, but you have the support of everybody up here. We wish you nothing but the best of luck whenever you report this weekend. Obviously, we hope to see you guys on TV and, and uh, continue to just be killing it in y'all's careers. And uh, thank you guys for talking and, and working so hard and uh, being diligent in what you guys do and handling yourself like pros. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate it. Cool.